This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Professor Chalitzi Mawala is the Vice-Chancellor and Principal of the University of Johannesburg. Passionate about artificial intelligence, he's a member of the Namibia, a fourth industrial revolution task force. He's also the author of Leadership Lessons from the Books I Have Read. Recently, he wrote an article entitled, I Rest My Case, Honorable Algorithm. Artificial intelligence could help eliminate judicial bias. The article caught my eye. In it, he looks at the possibility that judges' decisions may very well be biased, and this bias may depend on anything as simple as to whether he or she has is tired or hungry. He poses the question as to whether artificial intelligence can help mitigate this. Professor, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Charisse, for inviting me to come. I see you take um, part of your research looks at a project done by Ben-Gurion University and Columbia University in which they show that judges were influenced by time of day and hunger. And I'm sure it's not just judges. What is your interest in this topic? Well, you know, I believe that human judgment is impaired, you know, and in many ways we need to improve human judgment. The whole idea of impairness of human judgment is what they call behavioral psychology. And and there's been huge studies that have been done that demonstrate that human beings are are actually not rational beings. They are irrational beings, you know. Now, if we are fundamentally irrational beings, um, that irrationality does have impact on things as important as judgments. Uh, on that study by Ben Gurion University and Columbia University, they found that uh, judges are very harsh just before lunch. Then after lunch, judges are very harsh um, at the end of the day. Uh, compared to at the beginning of the day, you know. Uh, so what is to be done if, 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 if because uh, the consequences of that harshness uh, can be quite uh, substantial for a person involved? And w- what I, I try to propose is that uh, we need to use machines, especially artificial intelligence machines, more and more in the future to augment our decision making so that our decisions are fairer and they can be explained from uh, from a moral perspective. What I found so interesting about your article is is the fact that it was something so small. I mean, we all are, I imagine, grumpy. <laughs> We're tired or hungry. But you would imagine that certain people with certain responsibilities would be aware of that and be able to self-correct. Are you saying that that's not really the case? Well, I mean, self-correction is very, very difficult, you know. I mean, um, uh, 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 you know, if you are... If you are driving and you have been driving for a few hours, uh, I can only say that, you know, please uh, self-correct yourself and drive properly. (laughs) It's not going to work, you know, because you are dealing with biological uh, uh, phenomenon. So if somebody is hungry and it impairs uh, the the uh, uh, decision-making, then then there is very little you can do. I mean, the best you can do is to say uh, maybe maybe we should uh, arrange lunches and so on and so forth. But you can see that you are you you are really uh, uh, skidding on thin ice, you know. So 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 these are these are important issues, and 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 these decisions that we make that are impaired are in every aspect of our lives. You know, they are in our homes, they are in our jobs, you know, whether we are bankers, whether we are drivers, you know, all these things are actually there. And that is why uh, for a car manufacturing company, 
what they rather than depend on what um, what a human being can be able to do uh, they will obviously uh, install a device that will alert you if you are falling asleep you know if you detect your eyes um, falling asleep you know simply because uh, technology is should be used to enhance our decisions you mention and i think it's the most beautiful quote and so profound and you quote somebody else but it's in your article this is um that this is a court of law not a court of justice it's such an important thing to remember in legal practices but as you say doctors are also really um do important work and surely if they can be helped by machinery like judges to make decisions that are in, in many ways life threatening, potentially life threatening, we should allow machines to do so. How would it work? Well, absolutely. You know, I have spent quite a great deal of work uh, uh, on, uh, on working on artificial intelligence and medicine. Uh, I, I've worked with um, Dr. David Rubin and Dr. Vidorovitz in this uh, in this regard, uh, we actually have United States patents uh, in this regard. And what we have found is that um, artificial intelligence is able to diagnose uh, diseases better than human beings, human doctors. And we have uh, we have worked on pulmonary embolism. We have worked on on epileptic uh, activities. We have worked on tuberculosis. We have worked on with my with my student, uh, my former PhD student, Mayor Peretz, who now lives in uh, in Tel Aviv, was working on leukemia for his PhD. We have a wealth of experience on the advantages of artificial intelligence in diagnosing. And there's been a study that was done where um, uh, human doctors were asked to diagnose uh, a particular uh, um, uh, phenomenon, uh, disease, uh, using uh, medical images. And then they were asked to, I think it was 100 doctors, uh, and then they made their diagnosis. And um, and uh, two weeks later, they were asked to make the same diagnosis. And about half of them changed their minds. And you can imagine when half of them change their minds, it means it's a misdiagnosis. And that is quite uh, uh, dangerous. And when you do the same uh, with a machine, the machine was actually much more accurate than a human being. And he never changed his mind. You know, consistency is not only the, the important parameter here. Also, accuracy is uh, it's an important parameter. But it actually scored better than human beings on both consistency and accuracy. So uh, now given that, you know, what does it mean for the doctor? It means a doctor of today must understand technology. It means when our our our, our young people go to medical schools, uh, they should be taught as much about medicine, but also about technology. You know, it means that um, decisions uh, uh, decisions that uh, that normally would be done by doctors now have to be done by a doctor and machine. The medicine, um, the Economist had a cover article talking about the the end of a, a medical discipline called radiology. Uh, radiology is basically a medical discipline where where doctors are using images to uh, to to help them to uh, diagnosis. And uh, and of course um, and of course because of uh, uh, because of uh, artificial in- intelligence, the whole profession is being transformed. Uh, 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 and and the role of a human doctor is being reduced to a human machine system. 
Professor, you started off by saying people are not rational. And um, it's kind of a hard-hitting comment as well because we see ourselves as rational, as being able to weigh up all the facts. And, and that's why we, go, we turn to judges and doctors because we understand that they have the ability to, to know what we don't and to give advice and insight. But what you say, and then from the counter side, our fear of machines is that they can't think. And, and, and I think that's the, the difficulty in kind of breaking down the, we're actually not rational and, com- and machines actually can do things we can't do. I think that's really where we've got to find that the two sides coming together. No, no, absolutely. I, I think obviously the idea that um, human beings are not rationally uh, is hard on us. It has to be sobering on us, you know, that uh, we are not rational. We are not rational beings, you know. And studies have shown, you know, um, Dan Kahneman has, uh, has written a, a beautiful book called Thinking Fast and Slow, where he is talking about uh, exactly this, uh, uh, this, uh, this phenomenon. Uh, so, so, so we just have to humble ourselves and accept that uh, there's just certain, certain things that we are just not good at doing, uh, and there's just certain things that machines are are better at uh, at being able to do. And by the way, this is not a new phenomenon. I mean, we know now, by now, that uh, 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 machines can run faster than us. I'm talking about a car now here, you know. Uh, uh, um, we know that they, we, we we know now that uh, machines can can shout uh, uh, for longer distances um, uh, 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 further than us. Phones, which basically means you can talk to somebody who is in the United States uh, today, you know. So this is not a new phenomenon. It's just that when it enters um, the very core of our being, our intelligence, uh, that uh, that there is uh, there is something that is unsettling about that, you know. And, and what and what makes it unsettling is 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 is, 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 is obviously when we start asking ourselves to what end, uh, to what end. Will these intelligent machines take us? And very often uh, we tend to think that uh, uh, they are actually going to take us to a realm where they can be able to hurt us. You know, and this this, this has mainly been influenced by 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 by, by Hollywood movies, um, Terminator, uh, and many other um, uh, movies. You know, uh, I, I believe that uh, there is something that human beings have that machines certainly do not have and I can't see them having uh, in the near future uh, and that is uh, consciousness um, that is um, uh, empathy you know uh, uh, you know that is um, you know uh, uh, the ability to to pick that call and, uh, um, and, and 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 call on a person to find out how they are doing you know <laughs> machines just can't do that better than than us you know uh, but there are other things that machines are able to do better. They can analyze data much, much better than us. Um, they can be able to uh, 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 to use that data to make decisions much, much better than us. Especially uh, uh, for 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 for, for uh, straightforward logical uh, issues. Yeah, what you're saying, and um, you're making a very convincing point. I think though, anybody who's relied on technology and computers will also tell you how frustrating it is when they glitch rather than if they glitch. <laughs> because I think we've all been in a Zoom call and suddenly we're no longer because the Wi-Fi has dropped the computers, whatever, 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 whatever. And I think is there is is, is the fear of technology a rational fear? 
No, I don't think it's a rational fear. And by the way, the glitch also happens in humans. <laughs> it does happen in humans. You know? uh, as managers, we know when, uh, when, when, when our subordinates uh, just uh, melt because of pressure and all, all those sort of things, you know. But, and, and those are, those are things that have to be managed. Just as we manage human beings, uh, uh, we also have to manage machines, you know. So, uh, so the fear of, uh, of machines is, uh, is obviously uh, irrational, but but there there has to be ethics in machines. I I I I, I just completed a project where I was uh, a member of an international panel of the World Health Organization, where we developed uh, ethical guidelines for the use of uh, artificial intelligence in in medicine. You know. Uh, uh, because, uh, because if they are going to make decisions that are consequential, then we have to talk about ethics. We have to talk about whether we can be able to guarantee fairness. You know, we have to talk about what happens if uh, a, a decision that is made by a machine is impaired. Who do we hold responsible uh, in a, in a situation like that? You know, uh, and, and obviously this is a realm where the scientists are not adequate. We need uh, religious leaders, we need uh, philosophers to come and assist us uh, uh, to um, to make sense of all that. I really like your uh, um, argument, Professor Mawala. I think we have to embrace it. As you say, technology is part of our life. We could not live without our, our cell phones and computers. And we've had no problem embracing that in the past. There's no reason why we shouldn't embrace artificial intelligence with, as you say, the understanding that what we as humans provide is compassion um, and the ethics that that would govern how this works. And certainly given a choice between um, an artificial intelligence machine being able to decide on my uh, judgment rather than a grumpy judge who may be hungry and thinking more about his next meal or her next meal, um, certainly I'd, I'd choose the former. So I think your research is absolutely important and relevant and and the fact that you make it so accessible to us is fantastic and really as important as the research itself is just bringing that that understanding to us so thank you very much for joining me and um for explaining that and good luck with the rest of your research thank you very much uh, and i'm looking forward to engaging you in the future thank you very much that was Professor Shilitsi Marwala, the Vice Chancellor and Principal of the University of Johannesburg, and as you can hear, passionate about artificial intelligence.